everyone. Welcome. This is Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital, Trinity Health of New England. I hope you're having a wonderful night. I'm sorry I have a raspy voice. I've been doing training and meetings all day long on our new Epic system, um, our upgraded Epic system. So I've been talking and talking and talking, and it's finally hit me. I'm losing my voice a little bit. So I hope you don't mind the Marlo Thomas in me a little bit tonight. I've always wanted to be Marlo Thomas. So I am that girl. (laughs) I am that girl. Um, Welcome um, to our program. And again, our program now is every other week. We're doing half hour shows um, and packing it still full of information. And tonight, good thing we had a half hour show scheduled because UConn is on right at 630. So UConn is going to be playing Seton Seton Hall. I know you're probably thinking you're going to get the pregame, but we are the pregame. So St. Mary's Hospital Training Health in New England is the pregame. Um, and we have an incredible speaker with us tonight, which is probably perfect for just before a basketball game. So we have a brand new physician who has come into the greater Waterbury market. His name is Dr. Alexander Carisi. He is a physical medicine and rehabilitation physician. He's with um, Dr. Bahavish Patel and his team in Middlebury at Interventional Spine and Sports. Um, Dr. Carisi, how are you? I'm great, Robin. How are you doing today? I'm great. And you and I, this is our second stint today. Yes, it is. She's not lying when she says she's really busy. We were on a meeting today earlier, and um, it's just been nonstop all day. And you too. You were doing procedures, yeah. then you're doing, you were on the on our program today at the hospital talking to docs, and now you're here. We are so excited to have you. And, you know, I what I want to do tonight is talk a little bit about your specialty because i think you know when we look at rehabilitation medicine it's such a broad topic and you know it's kind of synonymous with sports medicine a bit and and rehab therapy and pain management so let's talk about you first and foremost so you are a connecticut guy right yeah i am so um i i will say i was born in brooklyn new york that's where my father's from all right wait a minute are you Um, a yankees fan no, I'm not. What are you, I'm Mets? Mets, that's okay. Mets, yes. Yeah, I'm a Mets fan. Um, I'm all the, the bad teams, Mets, Jets. Oh my uh, God! Rangers, Knicks. My husband yeah. is my husband is a diehard Jets fan, and unfortunately, they lived up to their name just end the season. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much uh, how it goes. But one day it'll be worth it. One day. Well, I hope so. I, he's been telling me that for 45 years. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, you're totally fine. No, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Connecticut native, basically. I've, I've lived here since I was two. Um, I lived in Brantford, Connecticut. I grew up there. That's where my mom is from. Um, in senior high school, I moved to Shelton. Then life kind of took me all over from here to New Jersey, to North Carolina, to Michigan. Now I'm back home. So it's great to be back in Connecticut, back in the Waterbury area now. So it's, it's new for me, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And, you know, today on our conversation, we talked a bit about your specialty. But for the audience, can we talk a bit about rehab medicine and what that really means? 
Um, definitely. So rehab medicine um, really is about function. That's the easiest way I can kind of explain it to anyone that's kind of listening. Um, our goal is to get you functionally better. Um, a lot of my training involved um, people who had a stroke, people who had spinal cord injuries, multiple trauma. Um, a lot of it was on the inpatient side of things. I know Connecticut people might be familiar with like Hartford Health and their rehab units or Gaylord Hospital. Things like that is where I kind of worked. Um, so that's more the inpatient side. When you transition more to the outpatient side, um, I'm so specializing in more uh, pain medicine through um, interventional techniques as well as electrodiagnostic medicine where basically I look for any you know uh, muscle or nerve root pathology with a special test. Um, that's where I decided to focus my training on. So I did an extra year of training and fellowship in that. And that kind of led me to Again, the same goal is to get people functionally better, whether it be back pain, whether it be carpal tunnel, whether it be really any ailment that's bothering them. My goal is to try to maximize what they can do. So, you know, you you talked a lot today about you definitely focused a lot on the neuro rehab piece, right? So, yes, I'd like let's talk a bit about all the specialties that fall within your rehab. Medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, rehab medicine, I mean, it's such a fantastic field. Um, and I always tell, I joke with patients, if you haven't heard of us, it usually is a good thing. It means <laughs> something really bad has not happened. Um, so the main uh, the main things that we do, especially in training and, and that our fellowships in, are uh, traumatic brain injury, whether um, that be just from an injury, from a car accident, from a fall, uh, spinal cord injuries, again, most commonly car accidents, falls, or other um, stroke, you know, post-stroke management. Um, stroke was a major, major um, diagnosis that we saw in training. Um, other ones that are more lesser known are pediatrics. Um, people who know physiatrists or have kids that have issues um, understand the benefit of what physiatry can do for them. Um, some of the newer things are cancer rehab, which is more on the cancer aspect of things. Um, you know, you have your cancer doctors, but we look at the functionality of those patients. What, you know, what can we do for them? What are the side effects the medicines cause? So that's kind of new. Sports medicine is always a big one, and I'm a big sports guy, so I mean, that's kind of what drawn me to team and R in the first place, so that's another thing. And then as I mentioned, interventional spine and pain medicine and electrodiagnostics are ones I focus on specifically. I, I might have missed a couple in there, but that's quite a broad range right there. Absolutely. And you know, there's a piece that you, you have in your bio that's on the website, and you did mention it, and it's, you know, rehabilitation medicine, the passion you have for it in restoring movement and function to a patient mm -hmm. for those daily activities. And that is such an important piece, the movement and function. And movement and function can be different for everyone, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I always kind of joke when I talk to patients, like, you know, our goal, especially in training, was how do we get you home? How do we get you home safely? And how do we get you doing the things that you used to be able to do? Mm. In some cases, it might be a little bit adjusted, but that's kind of what we do. But restoring function, I mean, especially when you, you know, lost the ability to, you know, speak or lost the ability to move your arm. How do you function throughout your daily life? And I think that, you know, when you take it from a, you know, big picture perspective, whatever we can do to make your life that much easier, you to get home safely, um, to be with your loved ones and be in the community. I mean, that's really what, what we're about. You know, when I, when I look at traditionally rehab medicine, and we think of pain management, we think of definitely physical therapy procedures. And, yeah. you know, you talked a bit about how a patient actually gets to you. So maybe we talk about what, what that is. What's the journey for the patient before they get to you? 
Um, definitely. So um, I have to always thank the primary care doctors out there because yeah. they're the front line. Um, generally, because you know we're generally specialists, but generally I always tell patients, um, you know, um, depending on what what injury it was, you know, um, mainly the first thing to do is just you know see your primary care, start with the basics, get an X-ray, rule out any major thing like a fracture or any you know bony lesion. Um, and then, you know, start with physical therapy. I think a lot of the times um, some patients don't even get to me because they go to physical therapy and, you know, they're better. Um, physical therapists are mainstays of what we do. I also have to give a, you know, a shout out to the occupational therapists and speech therapists because on, on certain other aspects of not what I do, but other things in rehab, um, they're like the unsung heroes of, you know, rehab and how, how we do things to get people better. But generally we start with that, with the, you know, the basics to rule out the major things, um, physical therapy. Sometimes an MRI spine, the primary can order it. Sometimes it's easier for the specialist to order it. But those are usually the generally starting points. Over-the-counter meds, anything that can help, you know, mm-hmm. ice heat, just the basics, things that you can kind of look online to and see. Um, generally, those are the, usually the first things that we like to see before we see you, just so, all right, we've ruled out, you know, like this is ongoing physical therapy hasn't helped what's really going on. Then we can kind of dive deeper into that pathology. And, you know, Dr. Bahavish Patel, who, who is the, um, he is the chief of your your group. The name that he picked too for the group, Interventional Spine and Sports Medicine, is so so inclusive of everything you offer offer because it's interventional procedures, interventional therapies to be able to get the patient to the best place where they can be. Definitely, um, I I should take a moment to thank Doctor uh, Doctor Patel for uh, for hiring me first off and, and, <laughs> and like letting me come back to Connecticut. Now he's a fantastic guy. He's been in the Water Bear area for years, and I think um, I, as more doctors I talk to in you know around Connecticut, they're like you know it's hard to not know who he is. So he's um, definitely been been a great help, and he's also a great mentor. I mean, I am fresh out of training. He's been in practice for years, so it's nice to have someone that kind of looking over me and kind of guiding me um, throughout this journey. Um, but yeah, he, he really did make it inclusive because, um, you know, most people might not think of interventional procedures or might not even know what interventional procedures are. So I do spend a good amount of time explaining exactly what we're doing. Um, you know, when, when people talk about injections, I can honestly, there's multiple types of injections that treat multiple different things. You know, is it back pain? Is it leg pain? Is it both? You know, or is it neck? Is it wrist? You know, we have to really kind of figure out exactly where your pain's coming from. That's usually the first goal. And then we can talk about the procedures. But um, intervention side of things is just a way to basically, you know, if we can, stay out of state of surgeries because, you know, surgery, there really is no going back. And two, um, unless it's indicated, I mean, can we get you better without surgery, which is always the goal, right. for sure. So can we talk about some of the interventional procedures that you do do, some of the more common ones that you do, and what's involved for the patient? Because I think patients are leery when they when they hear about an injection to their back, I mean, or, or somewhere oh, in their yeah. body, right? Honestly, it's, um, it is the conversation I have the most. When I, when I say the word epidural, it's always like, wait a minute, you know, and they think of, you know, women giving birth and an epidural and a needle in the middle of their spine and they don't want to be paralyzed. There's always this conversation. I said, and I, I usually tell them I, there's actually multiple types of epidurals and I explain each one in detail. And I usually try to use a spine model to kind of explain this or pictures so that people get a better understanding and it's okay not to know. I mean, how would you know, you know, unless you actually look this up yourself, but um, an epidural is usually a common one and epidurals um, usually are targeted for when you have like, you know, a pinch nerve in your back from a bulging disc. Um, 
unfortunately, as we age, degenerative disc disease is a problem. So we tend to be prone to herniations in our back. So, you know, when you get findings, but when you have that pain that's really shooting down your leg and it's hurting, we usually try to target with an epidural. Um, epidurals are very safe. They're usually outside the spinal cord. That's usually mm. how we approach it, um, at least initially, because we're targeting the nerve root. We want to calm mm. down that nerve root. And I, I explain to patients, when a nerve gets irritated, it swells. And when a swollen nerve is in a tight space, you're going to have some symptoms and it's usually uncomfortable. I mean, in certain cases, I've seen people go to the hospital for this pain because it, it can be that bad. Right. So, and then I just, I explained how we use it, how we use interventions for this. We use it under guidance. So every procedure we do is under guidance. Um, I, you know, I think that's the mainstay of treatment. That's how we, we follow protocol and we make sure that, you know, everything is safe. And even in those cases and there's times where we've had to basically say, we can't do this. We don't think it's safe. So we're going to abort the procedure. And I think that's, you know, also I tell the patient that that's a possibility because I don't want to do harm. That's not right. my goal. And I, you may be in pain, but I don't want to make it worse. So I will not do that for you. So it's, it's about establishing that relationship and just kind of just having the education as to what is what is going on. And I'm sure like any other medical subspecialty, there's a history involved with these patients and really looking at where they started before the pain happened and where they need to be. And then what is the best course of treatment for that patient? Absolutely. And I think um, a big thing that we do and we utilize at our, our clinic especially is, you know, to include the patient in the decision. I can, you know, walk in the room and tell you this is what we're going to do, but I don't think that's beneficial. I, I usually lay out the avenues of what we can do, and there's multiple things we can do. I mean, there's other treatments, including acupuncture, chiropractic, we talk about physical therapy, we talk about injections, medication management, or a combination of all the above. But generally, I think it's better for, you know, each patient is individual, their story is, is individual to them. I want to make a treatment plan that's right for them and that they're okay with. And usually I, I try to include that. I don't like to push things on people. I like to kind of come to a conclusion, okay, what, what do you think is better for you? And it's, it's a nice, I think it's just a nice way to really establish rapport with patients and really kind of get to know them because I understand. I, as a kid, I hated needles. I still hate needles <laughs> in, in some aspects, although I use them all day. But um, certainly it's one of those things where I, I can totally understand it, you know, how nervous they can be. I've been a patient. I've had, you know, multiple surgeries over the course of, you know, um, my life. And it, it can be daunting on the other side of the table. So I do know what that feels like. And I try to be as calming and comforting as I can. So when a patient has a um, injection, do you find that it's a one-time thing? Is it a series? And how do you make that determination? Um, definitely, yeah. So more often than not, I'd say probably over 70% of the time, it's a one-time thing. Hmm. Um, depending on the type of injection it is, um, it, it may be, you know, we may have to do a series or we may have to repeat it every, every certain amount of months. Um, and I do tell patients that as much as I can do in terms of the, you know, injection therapy, I mean, the medication is not going to last forever. If it does, fantastic. I will take all the credit. No big deal. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but I always say this is like a kind of a give and take. Like our job is, you know, as I mentioned, function, we want to calm down the pain and then get people into therapy or into a home exercise program or even back into the gym or just being more functionally active where they can prevent this from coming back because that's going to be the mainstay. I can do my part, but also I, you know, advise patients that you do your part too. As much as I can do, I, you know, I can't reverse arthritis. Um, I can't reverse certain things that may be going on, but I can try to make it a little more manageable and try to get you the help you need. You know, and you brought up another good point that we somewhat talked about today is the physical therapy aspect that the patient really needs to be a partner in. 
Absolutely. And I, I think um, if, if you talk to the patients um, that, you know, may be weary, but when they, when they, the main thing is getting their pain under control, because, you know, if, if your knee is hurting and it feels like it's throbbing and you can't even walk on it, asking you to walk, you know, a couple of miles is not going to do me any good. Right. But once that pain is under control, um, you know, that's when, uh, that's when we really try to maximize what we can. I, I mean, there's certain things, and this is where I really lean on the therapist and, and the, the personalized ex- exercise programs that they have. But um, in some cases, I'm, um, these are mainstays, and people who really, I think, have done the best have kind of developed a routine where they wake up, they do their stretches, exercises, and then they kind of just go about their day. And I think that seems to work best. But I do try to, you know, re- reiterate that report with them that, you know, as much as I can do, I can't do it all myself. I'm not home with you telling you what to do because, you know, I can't be. But um, they're usually really appreciative of the honesty and just yeah, like, the fact that they, they understand. Yeah, So. A couple of things that are coming across. This is what happens to me on radio. As you talk, I start thinking about things. So I throw your curveballs. Oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so um, the other night um, in the football game with um, Tampa Bay, one of their players went down with a neck injury. Mm-hmm. And you as a physician, physical rehab, with someone like like him with a neck injury, what are they looking for right away? And where would we have medicine play a role? Um, yeah. So those um, situations are obviously very scary when you yes. see a player go down and they, and they say it's a neck. Um, the first thing you're worried about is, is it basically there, is there a spinal cord injury of some kind? So the first thing you're really looking for one is it a hand injury is it a spinal cord injury. Are they conscious? Can they answer questions? If they can, can they move their extremities? Do they have feeling? I mean, certain times, I mean, I've, everyone may have heard the term stinger where you, you hit your shoulder so bad it, it's numb and, and kind of bruised for a minute, but it comes back. But those are the major things. And usually with things so, so acute in emergency medicine, you rule out the major things. Rule out a spinal cord injury, rule out, you know, a traumatic brain injury or concussion, and just make sure that at least he has his basic wherewithal and that he has movement and feeling in his extremities because that's, that's a, a really big deal. And, and then, yeah, and then, then what oh, will ahead. happen with him from this point once we uh, know he doesn't yeah. have an injury? Um, well, so yeah, then um, generally they go to the um, you know emergency department, get worked up, usually an MRI. If he doesn't have an injury, then it really, I mean, it's a really good conversation to have with the team doctors, the trainers, mm-hmm. and what to do and, and the risks that they have because, I mean, the fact that it happened once, I mean, are you more prone to it again? You, you certainly can be. So is there instability in his neck? So I right. think further workup is really needed and to see. And in some cases with injuries like that, are there any downstream effects, like, you know, effects that we see a couple weeks later, which certainly can happen. Even things like in acute radiculopathy, as I mentioned, like I, I do testing to see if there's nerve damage, but it takes weeks for that nerve damage to actually show up on my test. So right. it, it, sometimes it takes a, a little bit of a waiting period. But um, the main thing is, you know, when we say the ABCs, you know, airway, breathing, circulation, but also make, making sure they're like neurologically and functionally intact, which are really the main things. So we talked a bit about that today. So what is some of the testing that you will do to look for nerve damage? Um, definitely. So one of uh, my favorite things to do is um, called electrodiagnostic testing. So it's a combination of nerve conduction studies and uh, electromyography. It's fancy. It's not a very comfortable test. I don't lie to patients. I tell them up front that this is not going to be comfortable. But mainly what I'm looking for is um, any nerve damage from either the neck down to their arm or 
you know, the back down to the leg. That's that's the basics. Um, there's a lot more I can do with it, a lot more that can be done. Um, but for the purposes of this, I'll just kind of make it make it simple. Um, but basically what I'm trying to rule out is um, if there's a pinched nerve in your neck or back, where, where is it neck or back? Is it coming from your neck or is it carpal tunnel or is there a pinched nerve in your elbow or is it somewhere in between those areas? Because there's certain areas that can happen. And then based on that, um, I kind of tell them, like, I guide them, you know, in terms of treatment therapy. And in some cases, it might be, hey, like, there's a lot of nerve damage here. I think, you know, I think we need to see a surgeon. I think you need to get an opinion because, you know, as much as I can do, I, I that's a lot to reverse. And I think we need to get a little bit more, you know, a special, another specialist involved. But, um, and for things like the bread and butter, like carpal tunnel, um, clinically, I can tell anyone they have carpal tunnel if they present with the right symptoms. But um, what we do is we grade it mild, moderate, severe. And based on that, we can talk about treatment plans or what to do. And again, you know, if needed, we refer to surgeons who um, can handle that from there. But um, generally, it gives me a good snapshot picture of what's going on um, with them. And just mainly, I'm always trying to rule out their damage. I always tell people, of, of all the options, that's the one you don't want. So yeah. be happy that it's normal. Is nerve damage irreversible at, at some times? Uh, I guess that's a tough question. I mean, if you took a knife and cut off a nerve, yeah, it would be yeah. pretty pretty irreversible. Um, yeah. Nerves tend to want to want to heal. They will sprout. They will try to you know um, basically reinnervate themselves. And those are things I can find too. Um, there are cases where yes, there are certain ones that are just kind of more irreversible. Those are more traumatic injuries, or I say especially in a spinal cord injury level when you see ones like bad car accidents or. And you get like basically what they say, you know, um, almost a complete spinal cord injury. Those are very difficult to come back from. Right. So, you know, you talked in the beginning about rehab medicine. So in regards to stroke patients, traumatic brain injury patients. So, you know, you see those in the acute care settings as well as the rehab hospitals like a Gaylord of Mount Sinai. What happens when those patients come out? Are they still candidates to work with yourself or, or within your practices? Is there still opportunity even years down the road? Um, I think there is um, because especially there's other things that we can kind of do, and I, I maybe not highlight them as much, but um, especially with strokes or, you know, anything that really involves the brain and spinal cord, sometimes the patients get spasticity. Um, we do handle, um, you know, botulinum toxin. Botox is a common one, but there are multiple types of botulinum toxin injections that can help people. And, I mean, I, I will say people, you know, in these cases sometimes have pain, more central pain, um, but there are, you know, certain things we can do for them. I do see a few patients that have been in Gaylord for post-stroke and are having pain or having other issues, but a lot of these people also might have diabetes um, with neuropathy, and I you know, that's something we manage as well or something we can help work up. Um, a great thing about the electrodiagnostic testing is that it tends to look at everything outside the brain and spinal cord. So if in any cases, if I think it's coming from like, you know, a peripheral nerve, I can pick that up. If it, and if it's not, then I can say, okay, this might be a result of what you've had done or what has happened to you before. And I can kind of at least help guide the diagnosis too. So there's certainly a role that we can, we can provide. Um, and honestly, those patients, um, just seeing the, the turnaround from them and how how much better they get, um, especially after going to a place like Gaylord, it's, it's just amazing. So I always love seeing those patients. They're, they make, you know, they make my day better in general. Yeah, you know, the patients, they have phantom pain sometimes and, you know, they're, yes. it's not there, but it's still telling them they're feeling something and they're not sure what they're feeling. 
Yeah, and, it, and it's especially, I mean, because we've been trained in all, yes, we, we self-specialize in what we do, but we were all trained as physiatrists in general. So, I mean, those these are things that are not out of our realm and things that we can help patients with. And even if it's just, you know, guidance to, like, you know, someone else that can help them or we'll, we'll do what we can. But if it's out of our realm, you know, we certainly have people in the community to work with, which is, which is really uh, nice. You know, when we think about um, pain management, particularly the pain management portion of what you do, we always think about the back. And yes, you did mention carpal tunnel, but you guys also do yeah. the other large joints like the hip and the shoulders. Yes, um, we definitely do those um, as well. So um, I think when I was in training, my, my boss always joked, is like, you know, just tell me where to, you know, um, inject you and I'll, and I can do it. Like I've, he's, <laughs> like I've done it all and, it, and he's not lying. I mean, as much as like, you know, common things we do are, you know, um, shoulders, knees, um, bursitis for the hip, even intra-articular in the hip. So there's a lot that we can do. Um, in some aspects, we're like the non-operative orthopedic guys. Like, you know, we don't operate, but we'll do everything else. You know, we can yeah. do the injections that they do, um, which which are always great. Because, I mean, sometimes, especially if you have a good established care with one doctor, it, it, it's better going to one doctor instead of multiple doctors and all over the place. And some patients don't realize that. I mean, they're like, oh, you do hips, knees, and all that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're trained in all, we're trained in ultrasound. Um, and it's really just, you know, just using safe um, techniques and using guidance to make sure that we get it into the right area and we know that we got in the right area. So that's always a big thing for us is to, to be safe and to be accurate. So you mentioned ultrasound. Well, how does ultrasound play a role in what you do? Um, so ultrasound for our purposes is um, for um, guidance for injections. So example, like a knee or a shoulder, um, I'm using an ultrasound to make sure I'm in the right space, yep. um, making sure that the medication spreads. In some cases, for example, like a knee, there might be extra fluid in there and we'll drain that off, things like that, that we can help them. But it's for guidance. I mean, there is um, there is a role for ultrasound in terms of uh, diagnostic, but I mean, I know my limits, and I'll hold up the diagnostic and handle that better, you know, just because I don't want to get out of my realm, and, you know, that's not that's not for me. But, I mean, they're great with what they do, and my roommate in med school is a radiologist, so, you know, I, I trust them a lot and, and thankful that, you know, for the reports, because as much as we order, we order a lot of imaging, that's for sure. Well, and it's a multidisciplinary approach. You know, you mentioned that, of course, they come your way usually by the primary care or the internist, and you are really reliant upon especially the physical therapy team and the occupational therapy team mm -hmm. to understand where the patient is at. And then there's that point where you have to get the imaging, where you pull in the radiologists and what they're, what they're seeing so that you can put that all together to come up with the best plan for the patient. Yeah, absolutely. I think our specialty tends to be one of the most collaborative. Like if, um, if people have ever been on an inpatient rehab unit um, at this time, um, uh, they would see how many people that they see in the course of a day and just so many people all geared to helping the patient. And I like seeing that in the outpatient setting as well. And you have that in your office. Um, you have three of you. Uh, that are rehab physicians, oh, yeah. physiatry, right? Oh, yeah, sorry, and yeah. I, I was like, I was like, I'm radiologist? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I was just taking a second to think. I threw you off for yeah. a minute. But you do have a chiropractor, yeah. Dr. Daniels, who works yeah. works yes. with you. Yeah, and, we, and you have your APRN. So bringing them all together and it is yes. incredible. No, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, sorry, I forgot to get off for a second there. Yes, there's, um, <laughs> there's actually two other doctors I work with. We actually... We obviously mentioned Dr. Patel. There's Dr. Warshaw, too, Bowden Warshaw. Um, we have our three great APRNs, um, Emma, Hannah, and Munira. And then Dr. Daniels, I mean, 
I'll rave about him every day. I have not had one patient tell me that they don't like him or they have that he hasn't helped them. He's he's a fantastic um, guy, and I think it's also another avenue that we can you know provide for our patients to to make this a little bit more comprehensive and also help people in different avenues. So when is an appropriate time for you to work with Dr. Daniels and referring a patient? What what type of patient would that be? Um, so generally, oh, uh, when I get Dr. Daniels, uh, usually this is that point in time where I have the conversation where I, you know, is it um, when we like look at pain, like where, where's the pain generator coming right. from? And uh, if it's something more like, you know, a pinched nerve in your back, um, that's a little bit more difficult. But if it's just more like, what we call axial back pain or just axial pain, um, just more, you know, is it, is it more of a muscle, you know, joint kind of tightness, muscle stiffness, things along those lines that you should get Dr. Daniels involved. Also, he's, um, he's very knowledgeable. So sometimes even I, I send people to him to not only get treatments for soft tissue ailments and for certain things, but also to develop a home exercise program, things they can do at home. Wow. I understand how, how time consuming, um, you know, going to physical therapy can be, but if people are diligent and they can do these things at home, then, that would be um, um, that would be awesome too. So he's he brings a different avenue and a different approach to it, but he has a lot of different modalities um, that he uses. Not just in terms of what you think a chiropractor normally does. He has a lot of other modalities that um, he handles just to help people. So yeah, it's just a, it's, it's another good tool to have in the toolbox. So I want to make sure, believe it or not, we're at the end already. I want to make sure that we educate everybody on where to find you. So it's Interventional Spine and Sports Medicine, and their website is ctspinedoc.com. Um, and you will find, of course, the um, originator or the um, the chief, I call him, of the, of the group, Dr. Bahavish Patel, who put this group together. And he has an incredible team. And we mentioned Dr. Warshaw, um, who's been with them quite mm-hmm. a while now. Um, Dr. Edmund Daniels, yeah. the chiropractic physician. And now you've joined them, Dr. Alex Carisi, um, working on the team, as well as our three the three APRNs, Hannah, uh, Mornera, and Emma. And they can reach you. I want to make sure I give the right phone number at the bottom here. It is 203 203- Five nine eight seven two four six, and again, that's ctspinedoc.com. So, Doc, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I mean, Robin, it's been a fun day with you. <laughs> it's been a fun day with you, and I look forward to working with you for a long time. Oh, no, definitely. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to come on, and obviously, I, I think people are waiting for the UConn game, so go Huskies. And, go Huskies. Uh, have a great night. Thank you. <laughs> So, yes, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. We will be back in two weeks. It is going to be Heart Month. We will be back with a couple of our um, health care providers. I believe Dr. Kazi is going to be joining me. Um, so we will have a lot of information um, about structural heart from Dr. Kazi. And enjoy your weekend and enjoy the UConn game. And, yes, go Huskies. Mm-hmm.